Welcome to this happy podcast. I'm your host, Matt Palmer, joined by my fellow hosts, John Grosso and Paul Jarzembowski. The history of Disney attractions and movies is mixed, to say the least. For every Pirates of the Caribbean, there's four inferior sequels to that film. Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion and The Country Bears. So, should Disney keep going back to that well and making films based off of their attractions? We'll get to that. But first, welcome, guys. Hey, man. Hey, good to be here. I sincerely hope nobody from the Walt Disney Company is listening to us because I do not want to end up with four terrible pirate sequels. And I honestly blocked out the Country Bear movie in my mind. When did that come out? It was, wasn't that like a Disney Channel original movie? No, and like the, that no. Was released in that, got re- that got a wide release. What era, what, what era are we talking about? We're talking about 2005, somewhere in that range. Because if I'm remembering correctly from a sequence of events, I think the Pirates of the Caribbean was released um, in 2003 and the Haunted Mansion might have been released in 2004 because they were riding high off of Pirates. And then they went right into the the, uh, Country Bears movie, um, which has a number of disturbing bear effects <laughs> like is it like is it like andrew lloyd weber's cats um but bear style no no I, I'm still not as bad as that i wish it's going <laughs> to the fences in the cats department but it's more like animatronic bears throughout right and christopher walken gets involved well that um, should be you'd think that'd be good yeah well, let's just well, say this ironic part. They did not have to CGI any parts out uh, like they did in Cats. You know, there was it was much more forgiving. <laughs> Sorry, Matt, I didn't mean to throw you off your mojo there. Really, release the PG thirteen cut of Country Bears Disney. Oh no. Anyways, all right. So let's get into what's making us happy this week. It's not that movie <laughs> that you think. I you would think that, but like I am gonna binge that all weekend long on Disney Plus. I need you to live tweet it from the This Happy Pod Twitter account, um, because I think that would just be worth it. I think people need oh, yeah. to see that. It'll be like a my week before Christmas marathon, and it won't be a Christmas story. It'll be the Country Bears. <laughs> all right, Matt, what's making you happy? Right. So, what's making me happy this week? Um, this podcast is purely positive it's it's rooted in us loving the parks loving disney disney parks but i have to say um whether it's scheidenfreude or or something along those lines i have gotten a lot of laughs out of the reaction to some of the promotional material that's come out over the last couple days and the last week regarding the galactic star cruiser um when the internet decides it's going to have fun with something it really goes all out and in this case um you know poor poor sean giambrani from the uh from the goldbergs has been getting the brunt of the ridicule just for his what can best be described as breathless acting in in getting his own tour of the galactic star cruiser um and Ann Morrow Johnson, the, the Imagineer who's giving the tour. 
both of them just appear to be giving it their very all like they're in a performance of Annie in a school play um the whole thing just gives off a lot of really early 1990s vibes but at the same time the internet has gone all in and just rejoiced in in the weirdness of this whole thing because we're star wars fans and i think we can all be honest and say none of that particularly reminded us of star wars or at least the star wars we grew up with um and so like i think we all said maybe we'll wait a little bit before we spend the amount of money that galactic star cruiser is demanding um so yeah that's i think i think the the little bit of internet reaction has been my uh my 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 favorite happy thing this week john are you uh i know you have been uh you've been monitoring this a little bit too yeah no i um i agree with you the uh the i i the only way i could even describe the um D- disney's approach to uh the halcyon and to the galactic star cruiser marketing is like hello fellow star wars kids and it's um you know again we're we are we're a happy pod we we all love disney um you know i say this very unironically about the star wars movies i say it about disney like a a, a bad star wars movie to me is still a good time um you know it's i i don't really care star wars is star wars disney is disney but um i, I want to take a little go a little more serious i you know, in the memes, in sort of the funny kind of like people looking around at this experience that we're hyped for it going, what is happening here? There is sort of a kernel of the fans holding Disney accountable. And uh, I don't mean from a standpoint, uh, uh, like a malicious standpoint, but I mean it more, for, uh, what's making me happy is the fact that fans are, are not willing to take a subpar product, whether it's the Galactic Star Cruiser, whether it's some of the the challenges that Lightning Lane has experienced on both coasts, fans are letting themselves be heard. And so I'm happy uh, because for me as sort of a a communications person, that dialogue is necessary for effective change and growth. And I wanna see Disney be its best self and do its best work. Um, And so having passionate fans that are willing to say, hey, look, you know what? No, this is not it. I think is really important. Now, I mean, there's a caveat. what's not making me happy are the people that obviously take that way too seriously and become sort of like Disney nihilists, not here for that. But, uh, you know, someone that is sort of realistically uh, looking at the current uh, offerings of the company and saying, you know, some of this like really, really fantastic. Some of this you're, you're, you're swinging and missing pretty hard and we need to fix this. I think is important. Um, It's important when there's a leadership change, it's important when you see growth, uh, like we've seen with the Walt Disney Company in the last 10, 15 years. And so uh, the commentary is making me happy, but that hopefully the, I'm presuming that that sort of that dialogue will lead to good things to come for the Disney that we know and love. So that's making me happy. Call me, call me too optimistic, but. <laughs> uh, I haven't, I, I, I mean, I've been following along with this and I agree with you. For me though, I guess I'll go, I'm going to go a little sentimental this week uh, for my happy moment. Um, 
uh, kind of in a Star Wars thing. And so let me let me paint you a picture because uh, that's what I do. <laughs> um, so one piece of good news this the last couple of weeks is that I'm learning that I'm getting a, a promotion at my job. But that's not just the happiness of the, the week. But today, one of my coworkers um, came into my office to give me a little bit of a, of a Christmas present and, and congratulations gift. Um, and, uh, and so it made me happy because it was a, it's a BB-9, uh, um, the evil BB-8 uh, droid, the, the, the toy that rolls around on your floor. Um, and it wasn't that he went out of his way to get this for me, and nor was it a, I don't think it was a, um, a statement on the fact that my promotion makes me now an evil droid in the company, <laughs> but um, uh, he said he had, they had his, um, his kids had been, you know, they, they, they got some new things, and so they were, had to throw out some things, and he said, now hold on, before you throw that out, I've got somebody at my office, I think, who'd appreciate that. Um, so, um, so anyway, um, so I have the, I have this new, uh, secondhand BB nine toy, um, as I guess, as my congratulations for my job promotion, you know, so, um, yeah, a little weird. Um, but at the same time, it made me happy. It made me also happy to know that, you know, <laughs> a 40 something dude getting a job promotion. What, what would you get that guy? Let's get him a toy evil droid. That seems about right. So, and the thing is, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> That's the thing, Paul. We never shame people for, for what they like or, or what brings them joy. Not on this podcast. <laughs> I, I am into it. So I was like, okay, you know what? Because actually, it's funny. I did happen to see it in his office earlier that the, the day. And I'm like, that's weird that he's got that in his office. And I'm like, God, I so want that. And then he shows up in my office with it. And I'm like, oh, that was for me. <laughs> so anyway, it's a weird thing to be sentimental about, but also Star Wars related. So, you know. May that we counts. All, that counts. May we all be as lucky as Paul that we would have an office mate drop off a Star Wars droid just to make... Just to make your day. It's just, I, I, I find that remarkable. I know. Yeah, hats off to my, to my colleague, Tim. I really appreciate it. Um, it was rather random, but I'll take it. Tim, way, if you're listening and you have more droids, let us know. I've got two friends who really could use it. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, we sent this uh, amongst one another while Paul was talking, but in our chat, but I, I want uh, I want any of our artistically inclined listeners to take this as a challenge. Paul is known for saying, let me paint you a picture. So please, <laughs> anyone who has any artistic skill, please send in renditions of Paul in a Bob Ross wig. The with, wig is crucial. <laughs> let me paint you a picture. Let me paint you a picture. <laughs> just, just some happy little BB nineties over here. Some happy little. <laughs> I, I, I would be so grateful, and it might become this this show's new logo. 
Oh yeah, no, it would be. It absolutely would be. And we actually, we don't even need ourselves in it, Matt. It would just be Paul. I'm not actually just zoom in on the face and the wig. That would be it. Just, wow. uh, I think uh, I've set myself in this podcast. I've kind of, I've, I've occupied the Bob Ross role. And again, I'm not offended. <laughs> you are making, you are bringing joy to this world. From, from people who watch PBS at the age of 95 all the way down to the youngest child who enjoys Disney, you are bringing that joy. Just happy little BB-9-E's for all of us. Yeah, for all of us. BB, it's not just BB-9, it's BB-9-E, who I guess must be, it must be BB-8, BB-8-9, and, and then E must be for evil. I'm pretty sure that that is just how they did it, yes. Yeah. BB9E for BB9Evil. I just like, <laughs> let's all be honest. JJ Abrams was just like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> no, that one's, no, that one's from last Ryan Jedi. Johnson. That's right. Oh, uh, we can't do this. By the way, boys, boy, I see you getting ready. We're not doing The Last Jedi. We're not doing it. <laughs> We're not. We're not going to talk about it. We are not talking. <laughs> Like in Encanto, we don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about The Last Jedi. All right. All, right. All I'm saying is I watched it in uh, 4K over the weekend on my new TV, and it is spectacular. It is. No, I watched I we, this, the Star Wars movie uh, marathon on TNT. Yeah. Yeah, I watched it all weekend long, and I was in – like I said, I could watch any Star Wars, even the ones that people correctly identify as bad, and I will be happy. I, 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 I would agree. I even, yeah. And I'll even say, as not a Last Jedi fan initially, it's grown on me. I'm not saying it's like grown on me like Empire Strikes Back, but like it's grown on me as in like, I don't turn it off, you know? In fact, actually a movie that I loved in the theaters now makes me a little more cringy, which would be- Rise of Rise Skywalker. Of Skywalker. Yep. Yeah. It's you know funny, I mean? like Last Jedi has improved with age. Rise with Skywalker has anyway. This is not the this no. Is not the we we part. could have a very 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 in depth conversation about this, but instead, why why don't we pivot? Because I will I will cause us to go down the rabbit hole. I will I will do it. But um, Matt, we're not going to torture Paul this week. He went first last week. Maybe he'll go first every other week. But this week. Hey, hey, we don't not, this is not like a new tradition we're going to start or anything. <laughs> Who like. says? I said, and I'm a, I'm a third shareholder in this triumvirate. Now, you guys know, uh, this week's topic is what movie or what attraction we would like to see from a Disney park translated into a movie. And you all know that I have been probably the biggest haunted mansion fanboy on this podcast that being said the the attraction that i want to see translated into a movie is mystic manor oh i got some arms up from john oh he's in it on it i had a mouthful of gingerbread cookies so you keep going yes right on the screen um mystic manor uh already has as an attraction one of the greatest film composers 
of the last 35, 40 years and Danny Elfman, who composed that attraction in the stable. Bring him on board. He's already familiar with the themes, things like that. We could have a movie based off of this, this attraction, which because Asia has a different approach to the, the theme of ghost, they steered away from that and went to the more mystical, the more, um, the more kind of what's happening magically here. And so you have this explorer who has um, this, this, this sort of box, this like this box that unravels a mystery. And his pet monkey, this really cute animatronic, is instructed to not open the box or else basically all heck's going to be unleashed. Well, as a writer of the attraction, we all want the, the, the heck to be unleashed. And what Disney Imagineers pulled off with that attraction, and John has waxed poetically about this, um, is really nothing short of incredible. The ride itself kind of gives off the impression it, like, it feels in its bones like it's the Haunted Mansion. There are a lot of uh, throwaway nods to it, you know, like the knights with the axes, things like that. But it's an epic story, and you follow along. You're kind of in these in the in this attraction. You're kind of carried along. The breeze literally carries you along. You see parts of the room come undone, and you it feels like you're coming out of the page. Um, I feel like if if they they went more the animated film route as opposed to the live action route. I think they could truly tap into the potential of something like that. Um, the, the character, the monkey character and the explorer character already are designed. They already have the, the, the art for these, for these characters. I think that they could do this and bring those characters over and create something that would, would appeal to kids of, kids that are five and six years old and adults clear on through their 60s and 70s i think there's something for everyone to attach to so i would love for them to steer clear of the haunted mansion even though they're going back to that well soon and go with something that has a similar vibe but sort of has this what happens when you when you open the box um i think any movie that 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 pursues that um, usually stumbles onto some Spielberg type magic, something like Gremlins. You open the box, what happens? Um, and in this way, we all know on that ride that we're going to be safe in the end. And I think like a movie like that could lend itself to that as well. Yeah. So an animated mystic manner. I want it. See, this is why I was initially hesitant to do this episode because we were going to identify things that now aren't real and the fact that they aren't real is going to make me sad. An animated Mystic Manor is fan would be amazing. The ride itself is colorful, um, you know, because Hong Kong uh, Disneyland has a, has a bit of a tropic vibe to it uh, with the mountains in the background of the castle uh, with sort of a, a lighter color palette. Um, it would lend itself to animation, uh, traditional uh, or otherwise, in such a wonderful way. So great idea. Um, and and I, I like your idea even more because the, the beauty of Mystic Manor is it's not horror. It, it captures that same sort of 
I mean, the Haunted Mansion leans more into the horror, but it's not scary. Um, and Mystic Manor does the same thing sort of on the other end of the spectrum. And um, it really could have flopped, you know, because it could have been, you know, when you try to please all, uh, you know, a bunch of different people, you end up pleasing no one. But it didn't. It is just a stunning ride with incredible technology. And so you could create something with lasting appeal. Uh, to, to different generations that wouldn't be overly scary, but would be engaging enough. Uh, you're, Matt, I think we should just end the episode. You're absolutely right. There is no other answer that's better than Mystic Manor. Well, thanks to everyone for joining us for this happy podcast. This is a wonderful episode. <laughs> well, another walk-off. We keep doing walk-offs, Matt. You hit one. Um, but one thing that I didn't mention is that the Imagineers pulled off several visual tricks with that ride that make it look like it's in 3D uh, without needing 3D glasses. Yeah. And I would love to see them use those techniques in filmmaking and see if they could pull that off as well. You, uh, when you were describing it, you know, I actually, I was getting a little bit of a live action um, reminder, although it was a little cheesy at times, but I was thinking, and, and again, this might be older than, than John can remember, um you know it's like mark by the way take a drink if you're if yet another reference to john's age um but there was a series that steven spielberg produced back in the uh early 90s late 80s early 90s called amazing stories um and amazing stories i know i'm not sure if you're yeah so it's a it's a it was an anthology television show where each week was kind of uh a mystery kind of story and it was like you were unpacking the mystery as you were going through it um and i was kind of getting a vibe of that and i'm even wondering like i mean you you could make it as a movie but you could also make it as kind of a little anthology of how you know like this could be like a disney plus series hint hint uh where every episode is a different approach to it and maybe different you know, um, I don't know. Like you could do some stuff. I, I'm I'm more in for live action than animated. I will I will confess. So um, I'm just curious why you decided not to go with the with the live action. Is it just the fear that that Disney would screw it up um, <laughs> and not look as good as it could in animation? You're kind of are a little safer in being able to capture that. Or what was yeah. there? What was your rationale? The character designs look more animated uh-huh. um, than they do like lifelike. Okay. Um, you know, it's not something like with the animatronics where you look at something like on um, in Epcot when you're looking through the history of communication, that kind of thing, where like they're made to look human. These characters have more of that circle eye approach. Um, okay. and, and I also feel like when you look at something like um, Aladdin, when they did the live action Aladdin, Apu looks Abu looks weird. Like he looks computer generated at all times. And I think if you were to take a monkey, which has such a wonderful effect in a cartoon look and a feel, and you make him more looking like a real monkey um, that's mischievous, it'll always look fake. Okay. Um, so I think like you lean you lean into the fantastic elements of that ride okay. and i think like you could in in theory have a series of films based off that attraction where it's maybe you get the, everything back in the box and then something else happens at the end that sort of 
poses a threat to that. Um, but I really think that the way that those characters were designed were almost perfect. And I think if you make them real, um, sometimes actors too, when they take on a cartoony type role, um, they take it too far. Um, so it feels almost safer in animated hands and computer generated animated hands, I think would be the perfect medium for it. All right. All right. I could buy that. So what about you, Paul? Well, for me, um, you know, I, as I thought about it, I had a couple ideas, but, but the, the area that to me tells a story um, and already I feel like there's a, there's a movie um, already embedded in it. And I feel like you walk through it. And we, I don't know why it's never been captured, which would be front in, in Frontierland. Okay. You walk in now. Now, again, I'm passing by. Uh, now, I'm going to paint you a picture here. Uh, I'm sorry. I needed to just go there. <laughs> Take a drink. Um, so um, now I did pass by the Hall of Presidents, which was tempting to me. I mean, a whole a, a movie based on the Hall of Presidents just to me sounds fabulous. Um, but I figured it probably would just be me that would be going into that movie. And I don't think anybody else would. I think you could generate a lot of controversy with that. <laughs> probably but that's not where i'm going i'm passing by the hall of presidents but, but once you once you get into Frontierland, especially in the magic kingdom not in disneyland i know that the parks are laid out around the world differently but in the magic kingdom in florida when you walk through frontier and you go around the lake um and you got the you've got the the, the steamboat that's going through uh around tom sawyer island you are you see on the side of you you've got the the different restaurants and gift shops in the old west and then you get up and around and the the, the where where you're being led almost to the climax of this movie is to thunder mountain thunder mountain is the thing and so for me it's thunder mountain railroad that is what i want to see a movie on um i mean it's already got a um uh, you know, it's already got a story behind it. So they, they, they've been telling the story. Um, you know, gold was discovered in the 1800s on Big Thunder Mountain. Um, and, um, but um, the, 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 the digging for the gold has awakened spirits uh, which have protected the mountain uh, and then are starting to, you know, just destroy the town and, uh, you, know, make, you know, people are running away from it. Um, each of the Magic King, each of the, the Thunder Mountains does have a different unique story to it. I'm always that guy in the line, though, and, you know, who really, I, Thunder Mountain is the one time I want a line. I want to wait in the line because they tell you some of that story in the queue. Um, they've got little excerpts. And so if you're ever in a queue for Thunder Mountain, don't, don't fret that you have to stand in a line because start to look around and it tells you a story. And it gets you, and unfortunately, when you move fast through it, you don't get the fullness of the story. Um, but just imagine uh, a movie um, about the Old West and about the spirits that get uh, disrupted because of uh, this, you know, um, was it, Bar I think it's uh, Barnabas T. Bullion, um, who founded the Big Thunder Mining Company and his greed, he disregarded um, the indigenous peoples who lived there, the graves, he disregarded the earth. And so it's come back 
to wreak havoc on him and his company. And so now everything is haywire. Um, so I'm thinking more in a Pirates of the Caribbean type, like semi-seriousness to it. Um, not, I, I don't want it to be that kind of slapstick, kind of like Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion. I'm thinking more of a tongue in cheek, but yet somewhat serious Pirates vibe. Uh, and I could just see the different things and where, you know, the railroad and maybe there's a family that's caught in there. And I would love for, you know, there to be like, illu like, like illusions to different parts of, of Frontierland. Like I want some random person walking through uh, chomping on like a turkey leg or something like that. Um, but some sort of, you know, there, there can be little homages here or there. But I think that would be, I think it would be a fun interesting, compelling, maybe scary, maybe intriguing uh, experience. Um, so anyway, Thunder Mountain is the one, because I already feel it is a movie. Um, as I go through it, I feel like I'm walking into a movie. So I want to actually see that film. Um, and uh, so Thunder Mountain, it's also one of my favorite rides in all of Disney. So um, I wouldn't mind that. But, um, but I am, of course, afraid that I'm going to get a bad treatment of it. And I'm not going to like the ride anymore. But we'll see. Yeah, my my question is, how do they integrate in the movie something that's a roller coaster? Well, I think that the, to me, I would see the roller coaster is the is kind of the big chase scene at the end of the movie. You know, like I'm thinking, a la uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Um, you know, with the mine car chase. You know, mm -hmm. something akin to that where you know, that you board, like the, the last scene is really where you, they've, they, they've boarded the train and, and it's gone wild and they have to get off of it, but it's the, the, the train is, a, is, is, is possessed and, you know, but yet they have to, you know, so I think that you, the, the, the climax of the film could be, um, you know, that, that roller coaster ride. Um, and maybe throughout the film, you do get hints of it. So it's not like you're just saving it to the very end. Mm. But um, but that to me would be the big thing we're going for. I'm thinking also of like um, uh, Back to the Future 3 and the train, uh, you know, climax there. So there's, a, there's, there's already movies out there that do some of that. Um, so I don't think this is impossible to do. And I think it'd be kind of fun and and, uh, you know, a Western, you know, I mean, Disney produced Westerns back in the day. That would be a fun, you know, let's produce the Westerns again. And, you know, how would you account, Paul, for uh, I have two questions. One is a semi-serious and one is, well, very, very serious. Um, the first is, how would you account for the fact that um, it's kind of what Matt said, the, the train is almost a character and almost the main character of mm. of the ride right so yeah. how would you account for that in a movie i think you could but how would you and secondly and far more importantly who do you envision is saying this here is the wildest ride uh in the wilderness and if you don't please log off <laughs> <laughs> wow um well i you know i so listen i i, I haven't given the plumb this thing through to its depths i mean you know i i, I i'm gonna confess this is not, I do not have a doctoral dissertation written about. Paint us a picture, Paul. I'm painting a picture, but I'm in the beginning stages of the painting. Um, no, I think that's actually a good, it's a good point about the train being the, the main character, or at least 
you know, at least somehow there that it features very prominently and very visibly throughout. I, I think you're absolutely right on that. Um, but I also don't want to make it like a cartoon where it is cartoony. You know, it's not like Thomas the Tank, you know, you know, like we're not talking about that type of train that's alive and ooh, look at him, you know, so. Because the majority of this film to me sounds like Poltergeist meets Pirates of the Caribbean meets the very end of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yeah, I'm sure. On board, by the way, I'm on board. You know what? The other vibe I kind of get from this, and actually, I think, I think that one of the things that we kind of got stolen the thunder of, no pun intended, actually, yeah, totally pun intended, was the new Ghostbusters Afterlife movie. The Ghostbusters Afterlife movie that just came out, I think stole a few of these ideas um, because there is ghosts in there and it does take place. The setting is um, is out in the Old West. Um, so it's kind of got that that vibe already. But but I think there could be something done with because one of the neat things about Thunder Mountain is that there's different they, they take different rock. Uh, and, and, and and national park uh, landscapes from the old west um, that, uh, that that are featured there. So I think there could be some beautiful scenery. So now I'm thinking of the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade opening scenes with the uh, you know the Boy Scout um, Indiana Jones. So um, you know where you've kind of got that kind of ambiance in, in Utah. I think that was Arches or something. Um, but anyway, yeah, there's, I, I, I could, and, and sorry, John, I just, I haven't thought through the possibilities, but I'm glad that you are thinking through them because I haven't yet cast my movie. I've just been thinking how I want to live in that movie, but if you like it, if I have pitched it to the, to the production company, now we can start talking about casting. Great. So, yeah. yeah. Why don't we meet offline? and discuss sort of casting and uh you know my you, cut you here. have a suggestion john i mean you asked me that as if you almost had somebody in mind well i don't know i mean do you do like uh like a, a narrator that opens up the movie and and you know tries to or, or do you close the line is it like an easter egg at like a post credit scene i don't know these are what no, we it has talk to about feature in our, our producer well i mean i'm talking about this here the wildest ride in the wilderness now so yeah yeah, no, the train itself, I think we could work out, but no, the, wildest, the actual wildest timing wildest line. of that, I feel like it has to be at the beginning, right? Because it kicks off the ride. Anyways, we've gone way too far with this. I don't want anyone to take our idea. Let's meet in our post-production. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to cover this. And Matt, you can be a part of it if you'd like. Steve Buscemi or Tim Blake Nelson will do, do the role of the, uh, the, the, this here is the wildest ride in the West. And that is our second reference to Steve Buscemi in this particular episode. Wow. Wow. Because you did your hello fellow young kids. <laughs> I did. Yes. That was me. Yes. Do you so, think, uh, Paul, that means you need, we need to get you, you need to make the third reference. Um, no pressure. Just know the entire Right off the top of your head. Uh, all I can think of is like Armageddon or Boardwalk Empire, two totally different types of settings, but. <laughs> those are my favorite buscemi roles he's great and he's great in both all right john let's put the pressure on you okay so this one was difficult um uh i have like paul i have three 
but uh, I'm only going to present on one. Um, my runner-up, Paul, I'm glad you said it, was uh, Disneyland Paris is Frontierland, which is, um, uh, there's, a co- yeah, there's a cohesive story from Phantom Manor to their, um, yeah. to their riverboat, to their uh, Thunder Mountain that I think would just be fantastic. But since that's not my one, I'm not going to uh, dwell on it. My other uh, runner-up was the Tiki Room. But that was one of those, oh, no, you'll, you'll never do it well, so we can't do it. Um, my, and my very, very serious, you know, to this moment, can't, you know, want to put it first. Second place is Expedition Everest, not just because it would give the Disney Corporation um, impetus to fix the Yeti, but I think it would actually make a pretty cool live action um, movie or if not series. But my... Disney Parks attraction I'd like to see made into a movie uh, is actually Fantasmic. Now, hear me out. Think of a mega Disney animated movie crossover event. No, not Wreck-It Ralph 2, because that did not really include Mickey Mouse. But think of, of, of maybe a little more of a fleshed out cohesive story with several big bads, like, you know, we're doing this multiverse thing in Marvel. Why not do a multiverse thing with Disney? Phantasmic being that focal point where at the end of the day, Mickey saves the day from the various Disney villains. It's kind of like got a Kingdom Hearts vibe to it. I'm seeing animated, has to be animated. Uh, It's a fun way for previous characters that perhaps did not get their due to reprise their roles. Um, It would be a very expensive movie to make because you'd have a lot of voice actors but I could see, you know, like a, a 90 minute traditionally animated uh, Mickey Mouse centric movie uh, with that classic fanfare. Um, and at the end of the day, Mickey and his team of heroes save the day from the team of Disney villains that have broken through the multiverse. And I feel like Marvel has provided like a, a foundation for that where that does not sound crazy. like. I don't know if you guys have seen the Patton Oswald clip from uh, Parks and Rec where he's talking about Star Wars, <laughs> what became of The Force Awakens, where he's, he's creating this multiverse scenario and he's like clearly painted to be very, very crazy. And at the time it was, but now Marvel has turned, you know, built us a foundation. I say, why not do it um, with Disney animation, with all these products? Like, I'd love to see the characters from Atlantis and Treasure, Treasure Planet in there alongside pocahontas and the lion king i mean i think if it could be it's one of those things that it would either be just the worst thing ever made or the coolest and i think that 10 percent chance that it would be the coolest is enough for me to just kind of hedge hedge my bet and go for it so yeah there's i got a lot of runners up but for me and a traditionally animated disney animation multiverse uh that is cloaked in a phantasmic plot with that typical fanfare gets me, gets me really excited and dreaming gets it gets the dream and the gears turning. John, I don't know how uh, you settled on animated, but I want a live action Mickey mouse. Like <laughs> who doesn't want to see a live action Mickey mouse? No, no. I feel like that would ruin the magic. Chris Pratt as Mickey Mouse. Oh, no, 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 overruled. There is no, no, no. The fact that you just put that into the ether, I might delete this recording.
I think that is a good idea because now I, I'm freaking out in my head. I like Chris that. Pratt, but no. <laughs> no, Mickey Mouse shall always be animated. Henceforth and forever. Yeah, where is my holy water, Matt? I know. Stop that. Actually, no, John, on a serious note, one of the things I like about it is, you know, one thing is in the modern era, we have never had a full length feature film with Mickey Mouse. That's what I'm saying. Hero. Not, I mean, and, and, and I know there's been like the little Taylor. No, I'm talking about like full length, 90 plus minute movie that Mickey Mouse is in. I don't even think that one exists, actually, now that I think about it. Um, I mean, he's been in 90 minute plus movies, but that's fan Fantasia and that's not really, yeah, no, I'm talking about a full length movie like this. I mean, heck, even DuckTales had a full length movie. Mickey needs a full length movie. I agree. Justice for Mickey. Justice for Mickey. I like it though. I, I do like your, your sentiment there. Although I seem to recall and not to take it away from you, but I do think on Disney plus the Simpsons anniversary special for Disney plus kind of was moving in that direction if i don't know if you've seen it or not no i'm not a simpsons guy but that's cool that it was doing it's that. really short it's only about like six or eight minutes long and uh it's the um but yeah the simpsons are interacting with all the with the multiverse of disney characters the plus anniversary the plus anniversary. oh yeah yeah i did see it advertised i haven't watched i would that. recommend if you've got six to eight minutes of your life i would recommend watching it first of all it is very funny but it's kind of, I feel like it's in that direction. It's just a little more, like that's done in kind of a tongue-in-cheek, you, know, um, you know, way. What you're talking about, though, is a serious movie about the drama of, of good versus evil, of, you know, I mean, you know, all of these like Peg Leg Pete and Mal Maleficent and all of those people coming together to foil good mickey's plans um so yeah, like I, a climactic battle wouldn't that be so cool i hear the music in my head yep. it's great disney has dipped its toes in this water just a little bit they did a direct-to-video animated special called the house of villains mickey's house oh yeah Club, where a lot of the villains from the early Disney films and then the the 90s Dylan uh the 90s Disney films were together but like that was also like a clip show in some ways like yeah yeah it was based on House of Mouse right yep it was and um, it didn't right it didn't quite yeah, I, but what you're talking about is a full, you want a tight story, right? Yeah, I want a tight story, a feature, a feature film tight story, like with a beginning, like a narrative arc, not like, uh, not like um, pieces. I, I'd like, like. And, and, and the, what's the tone? Is the tone, is the tone a little more serious than slapstick? Like, yeah, I would say I, I want like a Disney animated feature. I want like, a, you know, uh, I'm, I'm thinking somewhere between. Honestly, I think the 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 Lion King, uh -huh. in that there are dark elements. I don't want anybody to die, but um, no, but yeah, there are dark elements and serious confrontations, but with uh, catchy songs and maybe some comedic relief. I'm, the songs I could go either way. I think I think you kind of have to have a little bit of it because to stay no. true to Fantasmic, but I don't know how you quite land it. Um, 
I, you could i think you can skip the songs for a little bit because that might that might get on the ver i don't know it's your it's your fantasy well it but... depends it depends i mean um yeah i don't know do you go like the wreck it ralph uh road which is uh funny but you know at the end of the day yeah. deeply serious very emotional no songs or do you go kind of like hunchback lion king um you know even um and Kanto had some some serious themes and, and I don't know, but I think I think you could do it. Yeah. I, look, Disney execs, I just gave it to you. Work your magic. Uh, you know, I think 10% is probably reasonable, um, you know, and some royalties and we can work on that, you know, in the contract later. But uh, I think that's a, let's do it, Disney. And I like your runners up too, by the way. Good choices on your runners up. Thank you. Expedition. I'm all behind that. All I'm saying is, Live action Mickey Mouse. Oh, stop it. No, no, no. Get behind me. Yeah. You got Angelina Jolie as Maleficent. Then you have uh, Emma Stone as Cruella. Okay, well, these are, but that's fine. You can do those characters, but Mickey, no. No, unless you do it like Mary Poppins where Mickey comes out of the screen and is still animated. Right, like Roger Rabbit style or something. Yes, yes let's do don't don't put that don't don't put that on me matt don't you put that on me don't, don't put, put that, that on, on me, me man just we're recording this in the evening and i just wanted to give you some nightmare fuel before you got tough you. you know what you're not a nice friend oh. imagine imagine mickey mouse with a human-like nose just stop i'm gonna stop you there yeah no i i i I'm, first of all you're it is way past my bedtime if i close my eyes i can see it now so thanks for that yeah you will haunt your dreams yeah well now yeah, he's haunting right. all our listeners dreams i know we've now created basically like the, like the true haunted mansion like what is really the scariest part of the haunted mansion live action mickey mouse like ah <laughs> you run screaming <laughs> don't do it disney don't do it don't do it don't do it it could just be like the original trailer for Sonic the Hedgehog when Sonic had teeth and, <laughs> and it looked like human teeth. <laughs> that Mickey. was legitimately one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> All right, let's rein myself in here. Um, yeah, please do. <laughs> please, God, make it stop. Right. Make it stop. <laughs> let's see if I can get myself on back on the sanity train. Um, next week, I the think the wildest we're... ride in the wilderness. <laughs> right. oh, I wanted to come around about it, see if I could tie it all together. So, next week, we're talking about what attraction we would like to ride again for the first time. If we could, if we could go back with sort of fresh eyes and a, and a, and a fresh soul and go back and ride something for the first time ever again. Um, we'll be discussing that i want everybody to think about that put put on your thinking caps and think about which attraction you would like to do all over again for the first time but please subscribe to us we're on spotify apple pandora iheart google tune in leave us a review share with your friends um comment on our social media facebook instagram and twitter um we deeply appreciate you all listening and participating in this show each week um we are uh, we're having so much fun doing this 
please, live action Mickey Mouse cannot hurt you all. Yes, he can. Stop it. Stop saying it too. Paul, oh, Paul, dude. Paul, you have the power. We all, theoretically, any of us have the power. We can end it right now. We can end the show. Let's end it with uh, see you real soon. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.